Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSEZ. Now, Kramer Says. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 6th. Let's get right into it, shall we? My special guest today is Heather Wilson. Heather Wilson is the founder of Give, Send, Go, the the counteractive part, the counter, what do you call that? What would you say that you are in the mix of everything right now? We now say we're the replacement. For years, we said the alternative to sites like GoFundMe, but now we say we're the replacement. And that works. Let's talk about that. So my 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 understanding when I first found out about Gifts and Go is that you were the answer, meaning that you rose out of the the need for another service, but you'd been around when this debacle with the Canadian truckers happened with GoFundMe. Explain that story. How'd you guys get into the business? Yeah, so it's actually a family business. Me, my brother, and a sister about eight years ago were sitting around talking. We're from a very large family. There are 12 of us. There's six boys and six girls. And same mom and dad, no twins, (laughs) not Catholic. Those are the questions we get asked. (laughs) Um, And we were just talking about, you you know, we came from a Christian family. So we're talking about, wow, look at GoFundMe was starting to be a thing. We started to see it more in social media and we thought, what a great idea when there's a need, people coming together and helping. That's what Christians should be doing. That's what the church should be doing. I wonder if there's a Christian alternative, right? So that was our basic um, thought process going into this is just let's make an alternative that not only allows people to raise money, but that we can also share hope with people. Because we believe and we know, everybody knows, no matter what your belief system is, we know money doesn't solve Right the internal issues we have. Right. Um, and so we say- It can, can solve an immediate problem. It can, and, and that's what it's great for. When you have right. a house fire, you have a child who dies and you need medical bills. The last thing you want to do is like have to raise funds to bury your child. But we also know that no matter how much money people give you, it's not going to take away- that pain and the sorrow of losing a child. And so we said that what if we combine like allowing people the easy way to raise money, but also with the let's step into their circumstance and let them know that someone's praying for them, that there's hope, that that they're not alone. They're not alone. And so that's how Give, Send, Go was started. Um, And that was eight years ago. And so we have been walking this out and just plugging away at, at building this platform. And we liken it to showing up at a battlefield and going, Oh, this is why we started. Like we, you know, we, we've had six, seven years under our belt of learning the lessons that needed to be learned so that we would be available and ready for the battle we find ourselves in today. We didn't necessarily know this is where we were going to end up. Well, you never know the path, right? You never know where, where, where uh, God's going to lead you. And so you have to be open. A a mentor of mine told me many years ago, he goes, opportunity doesn't always knock real loud and it doesn't always knock at the front door. You have to be listening all the time. So when the opportunity came up, you started Give, Send, Go. It was moving along and was was fairly successful. Um, but do you think in your mind now that it was kind of like cludging along or just moving along a little at a time? And then all of a sudden it blew up because of what happened in Canada. Was that is that right to look at it that way? It's actually funny because Jacob and I, my brother, who is my partner now, and we we would say that the growth we saw those first years were was pretty good growth. 
for any sort of business. We were seeing growth happen, but not enough that we were, we had bootstrapped this thing. We're pouring every dollar we had back into it. So our spouses were going, so when is this going to actually make us some money? Like, when is this going to take off? We always said, well, when Gibson go takes off was the the phrase of the day. And so it was growing and we we're hoping and, you know, just like any idea, you think you're going to start something, you have the best idea in the world and it's just going to explode. Well, that didn't happen. It took probably close to five years or so for us to start even taking some money out of the business to pay ourselves anything so that our spouses would be right. leave us alone. Um, and actually the truckers wasn't the first time that we saw the explosive growth that actually led us into the truckers knowing about us. There was a young man that most people have heard about called Kyle Rittenhouse. um, And he was deplatformed off every platform, social media, fundraising, PayPal, like everything. They said, you don't deserve to tell your side of the story. And we woke up one morning and we saw thousands and thousands of hate mail and people cussing us out from Christians to to the other side of the aisle, like everybody, it seemed like everybody hated that we were giving this this guy a voice. And we looked at each other and said, okay, is this the path we want to go down? Like we've just been this like nice little Christian crowdfunding site. Is this the path we want to go down to get into this battle? And we said, this kid's freedom's on the line here. Right. Like he gets to, why should only rich people be allowed to have an attorney, right? right. Like the attorney that they want. If people want to give to him, Let's let people give to him. And if they don't, then they won't. But let's not be the arbiter of truth here. We don't know. We don't know if he's innocent or guilty. So that was what's kind of threw us into this national spotlight of being the, you know, that I think somebody wrote about us that we were the platform for Trumpist rage. <laughs> Trumpist rage. <laughs> yes. So that's exactly, you know, I wear it proudly. I'm a platform for Trumpist rage. So crazy um, for simply allowing someone the presumption of innocence before found guilty on social media. Um, and then guess what happened? A couple of years later, he went to trial and he got found not guilty. Not guilty. And like everybody, yeah, and everybody said, we're, you know, oh, we're so glad you stood behind Kyle. And right. we said we didn't stand behind Kyle. It had nothing to, even if we found guilty, we did the right thing. He Let's turn the tables here because that's that's the question that people ask. You you took a stand. Let's say that the tables were turned and it was um, well, a person like George Floyd that was raising money. Would you draw the line and say that he doesn't deserve a voice because you don't agree with him politically or ideology, ide- ideologically? You'd still allow him to have the voice on Gifts and Go. Absolutely. We would allow him to raise money, especially it's for legal fees. And that's a hard one because the crime has already been committed. Now we're not going to let you say, I'm going to go commit a crime and I need money for it. That's illegal. (laughs) But if the crime has already been committed or people think you've been charged or you've been charged with the crime, we want to allow our justice system to play out, right? Like it's not up to us to take 10 second video clips on social media and then try to figure out what happened. Let the justice system, as imperfect as it is, it's way better than the mob judging you. Exactly, I agree. And everybody should have their day in court. And so we will allow people that we might even disagree with what they did or the circumstance they found themselves in, we'll let them to raise funds on Gifts and Go and see if there are supporters for them because they deserve to be able to tell their story. Well, so what is the price that you've paid in allowing people the freedom to tell their story. What has Gifts and Go, or you personally, what price have you guys paid for that? 
Well, I had to get a new phone because very <laughs> early, which is, I guess, a good price, but uh, an upgraded <laughs> iPhone, you know. But very early on in our journey, when I did press releases, when Jacob and I were doing everything, like we did every hat in the company, mm-hmm. um, I put my phone number on an old press release from way back in like oh, 2014, wow. right? Who knew that I'd even ever have to worry about it? And so I started to get a lot of um, hate mail, middle uh, hate voicemails in the middle of the night, people calling me and you should die, kill yourself, writing to my children on social media that they should kill themselves because they should be so disappointed in me. Like, that's crazy. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, that's just crazy that there's just, there's something wrong there um, that you would write to someone's kids and tell them they should die because- Well, it just tells dead. you how vile they are and, and, and how lost they already are. If, if that's their- if they think that that's going to be an effective mode of making you change your mind, <laughs> I, for me at least, it, it just solidifies my thoughts on what I think and what I'm going to do. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, so you've 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 met a ton of people. Tell us about some of the the other experiences. You don't have to get into details of what you've done or what are some of the proudest moments that you've have had so far with Gibson Go. What have you guys been involved with? You know, that's a, a great question. I think watching how God has put together our team has been an amazing thing because we went from like, like I said, Jacob and I like bootstrapping, doing everything to seeing this incredible team that we have. It has been absolutely incredible. We've seen so many campaigns that have come through that we just look at and go, wow, the world keeps telling us, the news keeps telling us, social media keeps telling us that everybody hates each other and we need to stay in our house. And yet I can go on Gifts and Go at any minute of any day and find people that are making a difference in their world. And they're not saying, are you Republican or Democrat? I don't know if I want to give to your house fire. Right. Because what, wait, who did you vote for? It's right. breaking down those boundaries. And that's what I'm most proud of. I'm proud of being able to share hope with people. One, so we have a whole prayer team. Um, whether you don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to have any faith or anything to come on to give Sengo. Um, but we do. And so we say, hey, it can't hurt, right? And, so, <laughs> and you can, we don't have people going, being hateful about us wanting to pray. Even if they don't believe, they go, oh my gosh, that you would care enough. To pray right. for me. And so we, one of our prayer partners, we, they just call through the list, right? And they're always trying to catch up. They go to the oldest ones that have started and just pray. I've read your campaign. And can I pray with you on the phone? People are blown away. But one night there was a lady and she, her campaign, the prayer partner read the campaign and her, her daughter had uh, committed suicide and left behind a little baby. And so she was like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. And so she calls, which a lot of them are tough ones. It's hard Mm -hmm. situations. She calls and and just um, starts talking to this lady and says, hey, I'm your prayer partner from Give, Send, Go. I'm so sorry. I see that your daughter like um, had, has passed away. And, and is there anything I can specifically be praying for? And the lady starts bawling and said, I was feeling so hopeless. I just pulled out my gun. No way. And our God had aligned it because we couldn't have planned it this right, way. Right. No. God had aligned it. But folks, you can't see her in the video here. <laughs> this has got Heather choked up. She's tearing up as she's telling this story. So that it's dear to your heart. You know you're making an impact. Because that's way better than right. watching anybody raise funds for anything, really. Right. Like to know you're impacting someone who was at their lowest point, who felt unheard, felt alone, and you're able to step into that situation and say, listen, you're not alone. You're not alone. Can I pray with you? Can I help you? Can I get you the tools you need to walk through this? And we see that happen again and again and again and again. And I can tell you 100%, that is the best job part of the job. Now, there's fun people we meet. You know, we met Supreme um, from Wu-Tang Clan, and he's going to come sing a, a rap at one of our 
events and and you know the project veritas people are really cool and there's just like a lot of great connect tim we've met a yeah, guy who's been, yeah. <laughs> um, wonderful wonderful people but i can tell you a hundred percent for jacob and i what is the nearest to our heart is when we hear somebody calling us back or texting us back going you don't know how much that phone call meant to me in this moment that you just called and we go okay we're gonna keep you can yep. hate well, you us can get rid of that now you can do whatever you want you can yep you know, I'm going to keep doing it because we're making a difference and we're going to just keep shining. That's our tagline. Shine brightly. We're going to keep doing it. Doesn't matter. Well, what's funny about it is that when you and I met, we met at CPAC and um, we, we were both comparing that I, I'm terrible at names. I meet tons of people <laughs> and, and I just cannot remember people's names two minutes after I meet them. I'm terrible about it. I'll remember your face the rest of my life, but I'm terrible about the names. And so Heather and I and, and her brother, Jacob, were talking about it. And, um, we every time we ran into each other at CPAC, we would do the same thing where we'd say, Heather, Jacob, Tim. So we're, the three of us know each other's names. Exactly. Those are the only you, Heather and Jacob are the only two names that I remember from CPAC. <laughs> it's the same. I'm telling you the same. I don't know. I would say, oh, the guy from here or this exactly. one that I met in this room, but I would not know people's names, but I do know your name. <laughs> and it, it's locked in for life now. Forever. You'll never forget Forever. it. Well, let me let me uh, let me ask you this. So, when we were talking, one of the things, and I think this is hilarious, that people people tend to look at organizations or group of people and they try to put them into um, a monolith. And well, all of these people are like this, and all of these people are like this. And when we start talking, uh, I, I think it's important to humanize people, regardless of who you think they are ideologically. And uh, Heather, you've got a great personality. I love you to death. I mean, we've, we've only known each other, what, a couple of months. Yeah. Um, but I can see that your personality and especially mine and my wife's, um, we got to know you and your husband and, and your brother and your other friends there with, with uh, Gifts and Go. It was funny how similar we were in everything and the stories that you started telling that are outside of Gifts and Go. It's just what um, God or the universe or Gifts and Go has put in your path and allowed you to do. Um, tell me about your developer, that sure. works for you, who 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 actually lived in India and in that experience. This this has cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, so the, I knew we were going to get to this. Um, <laughs> so we, our first developer we hired was a, a man from part time from India because that's all we could afford. Um, and we found this incredible guy that came on part time, and he we had him for about a year and a half, and then he was going he just he was going to get married. Um, and so he invited us to his wedding and we said, ah, oh, we should go to his wedding. How fun. Like you hear of Indian weddings, like they're extravagant and like days long. So um, my husband couldn't go with me. So my daughter Bria went and then uh, Jacob and his wife, Holly, and we fly the long trip to India. And it's incredible just to see the culture and we meet our, our Pradeep, our, our developer. When you land in India, when you land in India, by the way, it is a, it's an eye opener, right? It's a different experience than anything you've ever been through. A hundred percent different, different. Everything is different. Um, from the moment you land, you can tell you're in a different world. Um, yeah. And, it, but it was fascinating and it was great. And people were so kind and receptive to us yeah. um, being there. And so we were there for, you know, a few days and then the wedding's going to take place. And so we had all gone, the girls went and got, um, saris and the guys got their tuxes made there. Um, and so we're all ready for this event and, and we go to this wedding and it was awesome. We got out of the car and we danced down the streets and we 
stood in the, like, I think there were more pictures taken of us at the wedding than the bride and groom. Um, like why literally that? Why is that? because we were Americans and, and really? they just, it was such an honor for Pradeep to have Americans. Like people thought it was so cool to have us there. Everybody all the way from people. America to come to this man's wedding. Exactly. And you know, Americans are wealthy and Americans are famous and we're all movie stars. Um, and, and so, so those were their perceptions. And so we went to this wedding and it was just a blast. Like, it lasted. We didn't even go to the, like, there were days before leading up to it. But the part we went to, we danced down the street, showed up at this reception area. Then all the men stood in a circle and they passed these money around. It was some sort of tradition. And then we went into this room and they did these poppers and like to, like. Confetti and all confetti that. Confetti type things. Yeah. And then we went across the street to this, where they had the reception food. And then we had to all go upstairs and take a nap. <laughs> like they had mats out yeah, and it's yes, like yes, in the middle of the wedding <laughs> yeah they're like it's nap time and we were like we have to go upstairs and take a nap so we all like went up and everybody's just laying down on these mats and so we're just like chatting with the people and they're very again they're very engaged with us and they all want to be friends with us on social media and all of that and so it was just a really fun time we stayed up all night went to bed um, probably 6 a.m., 7 a.m. the next oh, morning. Wow. So, and, so so, what you're saying is that Indian weddings make uh, Catholic weddings look like child's play. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so many intricate parts of it. Um, and this was an arranged wedding. Oh, and wow. so, but they called it a love wedding because they actually liked each other too. And so, but it was an arranged, Almost. yeah, a good thing. Um, they're not supposed to have dowries anymore, but I... From what I heard, the uh, bride's mom and dad gave a car to the groom's mom and dad. And why are they supposed to do dowries? Is it illegal or? It's illegal like, now because for really? so long it's like trading, you know, cattle for your right. daughter. Right. Um, <laughs> and so they're not supposed to, but I guess it's still very much what they do. Um, so we we go, we go back, sleep for a few hours. And then one of the guys from the wedding shows up at our hotel and he just wants to hang out with us more. So we let him give us a tour. And then go to his house, which he was super privileged that we went to his house, tons of pictures taken. And then he sends us home in like an Uber type of thing. There wasn't an Uber taxi, some sort of uh, Indian taxi. Well, we get in the um, taxi to get back, to go back. It's about a half an hour drive. And the guy, he can't speak much English, the, the Uber driver. And so, but he all of a sudden goes like he indicates to us that he recognizes us and he pulls out his phone and on his Facebook feed are pictures of no all of way. us. And so he's like, oh, I have the Americans like in oh my, my car. God. And so he was really, really <laughs> excited and wanted a picture with us um, because there's such a, yeah, it's not like America. We take it for granted that there's just melting pots. Yeah. There's not melting pots, no. right? And no. so so we stood out very much so. So we're driving back and we see, we're kind of in some traffic and we see across the street that a, a big building and we're like, oh my gosh, that's a wedding. Like we can tell it's gonna, that's a wedding's going on there. So we said, stop, stop. So we told the Uber and he's like, no, like I'm supposed to drive you back. And we said, no, just wait, we'll give you some money and you stay here. And so right. he was like, okay. So we get out and we cross two lanes of traffic. We're not dressed up at all. Like we're just in our normal clothes and we cross this traffic and we pretend like we're stupid tourists that have no idea what's going on. And we walk in this building and we're all like, 
oh, like what's going on in here? <laughs> and, and so people start to notice us because we're kind of out in the foyer and the kids are like, oh, look, like Americans. And so they bring somebody who can speak English and he's pretty high up in the government there. And he comes out to ask us because he can speak English, like, right. do we need help or anything? And we said, no, we're just wondering what's going on in here. And he said, oh, it's a wedding. Come on in. And so we crashed this wedding in India. We go in, there's <laughs> so much food. Um, and they're just wanting to feed us. And then they have a DJ. This is like a little more um, fancy wedding than yeah. the, the last one. And they want us to dance with them. And so we're dancing on the floor. The bride and groom ends up coming out and they want pictures with us. So we get random bride and groom gets pictures wow. with us. And they're so happy we're at their wedding. Um, <laughs> it was quite the adventure. And so now we say we are wedding crashers in India. International wedding crashers. International wedding crashers. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember that movie, Wedding Crashers. At yes. the end of it, they're, they're also, they, they, they crash graves as well. I think they become <laughs> okay. grave we'll graves. stay out of that well. one. <laughs> So, well, so you've been, you've been, um, your lives have really changed since um, the company's taken off. And what do you see, where do you see your mission going down the road? What, ex what exactly do you guys look at your mission being going forward? Is it going to continue this or do you look at expanding in some way or another? Right now, our mission is to make sure that we're not able to be deplatformed. Yeah. So when you build a website and you use processors and all of that, um, we found out really quickly that when you're not self-reliant, when somebody else can <laughs> take you down, that's not a good business model, right? Like right. It, it's right. much better to be on your own things where no one can say one day, we're not going to allow you to do this anymore. We saw with Kyle actually that the, that discover card told their users, they there was a leaked memo that they couldn't give to Kyle's campaign with their discover card, which is just r ridiculous. Right. actually. Right. Um, and so we thought, Oh my gosh, what happens <laughs> if this happens? What if Visa MasterCard? What right. if we saw what happened to parlor, right? They, yep. they got parlor, they got taken off their servers or servers. Um, our payment processors, all of these things that we never thought about. We just went with the mainstream ones. They were the best. Right. Um, we now have to walk through moving to ones that are more freedom oriented. Right. That say, we're not going to remove you. Um, you know, we're not going to have these terms of service that are very one-sided or ideologically based. Um, as long as you're not doing anything like strictly illegal uh, laundering money or right, frauding right. people. Um, you know, no one's on a terror watch list and things like that. As long as we're doing things right, we, we, so that's what we've been spending the last year doing is moving off of some of these mainstream platforms and getting ourselves ready to be on, um, platforms that we don't have to then worry about down the line. And with that being said, then we're looking at, okay, do we become our own payment processor? Right. Do we, right. Do we look at buying a bank? Yep. Do we just become yep. a payfac? Is there a bank that wants to, to partner right. with us? Right. You know, or what else? Yeah. What else? Cryptocurrency. We're, we're very close to adding cryptocurrency to the site. So that's something finding ways that people can move money. That's not illegal, but that, is a little more um, diversified so right. that we can't be just shut down in one fail swoop. Right, because that takes away your voice as well. I mean, that's what that's what people don't understand is that money is power. Money is money is voice. And they go, well, no, 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 money's not voice. Well, no, money can buy a sign. 
Money can pay for a billboard. Money can pay for a commercial. And that's why it's so important to be able to transfer money back and forth. What concerns me, and I'm sure that you guys are concerned about it as well, is this push that we're seeing from the government wanting to know exactly what is in everybody's bank account down to $600. Are you seeing any policies or anything that are coming down the pike that affect your business in that same way, that they're tracking you the same way? We're seeing that they're starting to really want to figure it out. So crowdfunding has been around for a while on the scene. There's been very loose, you know, okay, is this gifting when you give someone 50 bucks? Like, is that just a a gift? And how do you do that on your taxes? When someone raises, you know, $20,000 up, you know, up until recently, it was, um, you had to have raised over $20,000 and from, and from 200 givers to have to get a 1099 and claim it because they're all just like little gifts. Right. Um, and so there, look, we can see that there is some things that the government is going, okay, how do we regulate this? How do we make sure we get our money out of this? It is power. We saw that with the truckers, which we haven't really right. talked about yet, but yep. what happened is, is that the Canadian government lost power when truckers were able to have a voice and band together and raise money aside from the government. Right. And so they were able to get some power and do this trip across the country and get notoriety and, and get a voice because of, um, because of money. Right. And yeah. the government didn't like that. Right. Well, and what the money does is that for the people who can't make it, it allows them to be a part of the protest as well. Their Absolutely. money is their voice. And that's that's what um, I cannot remember the case, the Supreme Court case. I always forget the name of it, but it's People's United, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. But the Supreme Court said that money is speech. And that's what people don't understand. Money is speech. Thomas Jefferson said it. Right. You have to have money in the system. So you guys raise this money or, or not. You didn't raise the money. You allow a place for the money to be raised after GoFundMe decided to pull those funds back. How, what kind of impact did that influx have on Gifts and Go? So it was actually crazy. I had gone a year prior. So I, like I said, I have five sisters, there's six of us. So a year prior, I said, girls, we need to, it's been a few years since we've had a sister getaway, but let's do sisters and husbands, right? Like we haven't done anything. Let's take our husbands and let's go to Mexico and go to Cancun. And that sounds whatever. like fun. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you can get dental work there. We all got dental work down there too. Just to say, because it to is so I, I have a place in, Can, uh, in, Can, in Cabo. I got to go get some dental work done. That's a place exactly. to go. It's great. <laughs> but so we went down to Cancun. It had been planned for a year, but mm-hmm. of course, while I was in Cancun, the trucker situation blew open. Wow. So mm-hmm. the the weeks prior, we had seen GoFundMe making some weird, oh, we're going to freeze this money. We need to look further into what's going on. We're not sure we're going to allow the, the campaign on, Give, on GoFundMe. And so we were watching it, and we already had a campaign on Give, Send, Go for another trucker called Adopter Trucker, and he'd raised a few hundred thousand dollars. And so he's looking what's going on at GoFundMe and being like, guys, right. What are you doing? Because he's best friends with like a lot of the truckers. Yep. He's like, why did you even go to GoFundMe? Like, what the heck? We know what's going to happen. He's like, I'm already, I have money, right? Like right. he's coming in. And so when GoFundMe started to decide what they were going to do with the money, that they were going to redisperse it to 
other charities of their choosing and all sorts of crazy Which decisions. Which is basically theft. That's theft oh, in my opinion. A hundred percent. It was great for us. So I just laugh about it because it wasn't our decision. It was theirs. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you>. um, <laughs> but what ends up happening is this other trucker group just starts a campaign on Give, Send, Go. And within, so I'd, 24 hours, we had over a million DDoS attacks on our site. So a DDoS attack is when bots are like thrown toward your servers to overload them so that real people can't get on and do anything because there's too much traffic and your server can't hold it all. And so that all of a sudden people are going, the campaign went live. It got some notoriety because GoFundMe had said, we're shutting this down. And we saw attack on our site like we've never seen before. Now we saw attack with Kyle and since then for many different things, but never like with the truckers. And the funny thing I joke all the time, I said we had half the world coming on trying to give and half the world trying to take it down. <laughs> like literally we had the whole world. You were at war. You were at war. Exactly. On our site. Yeah. We would sit there and I was, again, I was in Mexico and I would sit there. I had my computer and I would try to get to give, send, go. So I'd go give, send, go.com. And it would come up with like an error page or timed out page because, and so we, we got brought teams in that wanted to help because a lot of people come out to help as well. But then you have to be careful because you don't want the bad guys telling you they want to help. And then you let them in. Uh, Are you there? You froze. Can you hear me? Well, I'm going to keep talking and hope you come back. So the, they start, um, you there, sorry. I know this is awkward now, but you're not moving. Connection or view? Oh, there we go. There we go. I don't know what that was. All of that a sudden you just, bizarre. yeah, you froze and I was like, uh-oh. And I yeah, didn't you, yeah, you froze and then the, the video disappeared and everything. So um, um, I don't know where we, I was asking about, uh, I, I'm going to need an edit point. 30, yes. 30, 42. So let me do that. 30, 42. Let me write that down. Um, okay. So we were talking about the truckers. Yeah. Um, I can talk about the DDoS attacks again. And then go DDoS attacks. Yeah. We were over a million DDoS attacks. Yeah. Yes. Do that. Okay. So we had over a million DDoS attacks on the first 24 hours. People couldn't get wow. to the site because the site was being overloaded with these attacks. Even Jacob and I would go to our site. I was in Mexico and I'm like trying to get on and I was getting page, not like over the four or four pages, like not working. And so we brought people in um, to help. And this is what I was saying is that they, um, you have to be careful bringing people in during the middle of an attack because you don't want bad guys to come in and everybody's saying they want to help. And so we found some people to come in and really help us firm up a little bit and figure out what was going on. but that first 24 hours, I was like, we're just not, we, the site's not staying up. This is so stressful. It's like our moment. <laughs> it's not working. And we raised over $2 million on that first 24 hours. It's mine. My, my, my connection is unstable. Yeah, Mine, is good. mine is good. Yours my, is good? Yeah, mine is good. be. And I'm plugged in too, so you I'm know, not even on the, like yeah, on Wi-Fi, but I'm on I'm on a the system is a huge system, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay, um, that that I can I'll, 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 I can edit it together now. 
I've got, yeah. I've got enough there. So let, let's keep going here. Um, if it dies out again, we may have to do this another day and I may find out what's going on. But I, I think yeah, we've got I'm enough not, so far. We're yeah, good. we've talked for a while. So, um, and then, did Dan help with any of that? Was working on any of that process or were you guys looking for outside people? We had outside people coming in that are like security and um, servers and things like that. And so they were coming in and helping us navigate this. We woke up in the morning. I would say we woke up, but we didn't sleep that night because we were trying to get the site up. And the next morning when we we looked at the site and it came up, it was at over $2 million in 24 hours with a site that didn't half the time come up. People were just... giving and giving and giving and it told us there's another side to the story than what the mainstream when people want to give like that it means that there's another side to the story so the funny part of this is that and i might have told you um we got called to parliament did i tell you no tell me about that (laughs) yeah so we go through this trucker thing we get hacked there's like a whole bunch of things that happen the trucker was raised over like 13 million us dollars um Canada told us they were going to freeze the campaigns. We said, no, we're not going to. You can't freeze us. We're right. not in Canadian. We're not in Canada. Right. Yeah, we're not. And they didn't like that very much. So then they did their emergency act up there and they told people they were going to freeze bank accounts and stuff. They just like, because it, like we were talking about, when someone's afraid yep. of losing power, they will scramble and usually make pretty bad decisions. And that's exactly. what we saw the Canadian government do. They lost their power because money was being able to be moved without their control. And so after it kind of all died down, um, we got called to, Jacob and I were asked to come and testify at Parliament. Now, we weren't going to go over the border because we would never, it'll be a while before I feel like I can just (laughs) Just saunter saunter into Canada freely. Saunter into Canada. (laughs) Um, But we, you know, because of COVID, they were doing everything Zoom anyways. So the first hour was PayPal, Stripe, and GoFundMe. And the second hour was Gibbs and Go. Really? So the first hour, um, we listened to, and we were in the waiting room, so we're watching. And we're listening to GoFundMe's legal and the PayPal and uh, Stripe and all of them. And they're talking very legalese, and they're very much like kiss butt, like, we did what we we're supposed to, and we were, you know, and Jacob and I, we knew we had an opening statement, and we're like, we're just going to keep it down to earth. This is who we are. Uh, so, uh, did you have time attorneys with you? We did not. It was just Jacob and I, and I can tell you, I was probably the most nervous I'd ever been. I said, Jacob, you just answer the questions, and so I sat well, there. And to lay things out, Jacob is much more uh, businesslike, correct? You and yeah. I hit it off because we're not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he just, he, the way he processes answering questions and stuff, he's going to be very um, n- less emotional. I tend right. to be more the emotional one. So I'm thinking, okay, parliament, less emotional, probably a good match, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and he just, he thinks through things. He has a lot of like, a lot of stuff up in that brain. He he thinks about what he says before he opens his mouth. He thinks about what he says before (laughs) he starts speaking. And he has a lot of numbers and all the facts like in his brain where I'm like, oh, I have to look up. When did that happen? Um, And so he just starts answering questions right off the bat. And they're pretty aggressive toward him to the point that one of them was getting so aggressive that another parliament member actually called order and told the parliament, their fellow parliament member that he was borderline abusive to Jacob. Wow. Yeah. And he, they told him, take a deep breath. 
You're being Is this available online where we can see it? Yes. Yeah, I can. I can send it over. Oh, yeah, send uh, me the link and I'll put it in the show. I'll, I'll let people link out to it so they can see what you're talking about. Sure. And so, um, so Jacob's talking. He's answering these questions. He's fielding them really well. He's giving thoughtful answers. Um, very matter of fact, not emotional at all. And and then all of a sudden, he freezes. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so they're trying to get him back on um, his internet and it's not working. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Cause I know that means I will probably be. You're in the hot seat now. Yeah. And they did. They said, Miss Wilson, I, we assume that you're able to answer questions. And I said, absolutely. And so they started asking me questions and actually, I think watching it back, I I'm pretty impressed with myself <laughs> for what it was. A lot of people said they actually felt very like they could connect with me because I was more like just a real person. I don't know all the correct terms and, right. and things like that. I'm just a real person and I'm going to answer you honestly. And so they, they actually, one of the ladies asked me, um, when you found out this was a, like this terrorist organization and this was going on why didn't you shut this down when you found out we were labeling it this and and i said we never found that out from you you didn't call us and ask us um you know tell us your concerns we never heard from the canadian government you know where i heard about this i heard about it on social media and you know what else i hear about on social media aliens (laughs) i said that to parliament (laughs) And and everybody's going get Jacob on, get Jacob on. Where's the other dude? Where's the other guy? The aliens. We got to get Jacob back on. (laughs) But I'm like, you expect us to like get our information from the local news and or the mainstream news and social media? No, the the sources we had, which were the truckers and people on the ground, were saying a totally different thing. So we're not just going to listen to the first person that speaks. We've seen what happens. When that happens, well, yeah. you know, and that says a lot that they would call you in and want to talk to you, but they they never called you in when the event was going on, Absolutely. and that they were silent during that whole thing. So, yeah. would you, knowing what you know now and what you've done, I'll ask a stupid question. I think I know the answer to it, but given the opportunity, would you go do those things again? Would you go back and and allow people to have their voice again, even Absolutely. knowing what you're in a place? Absolutely, even more so, even. Even more so because, and I'll tell you this quick story if we have time. Go ahead. Um, so back when um, the George Floyd thing happened, so this was before Kyle, mm-hmm. um, George Floyd um, thing happened, and then there was unrest everywhere, right? right? And there was a man named Jake Gardner, and this is a story that was in the news for a little bit, and then it just kind of disappeared, but he was a bar owner, um, out in that area where all the unrest was going on. Mm-hmm. And the the rioters were coming down his street and they were like breaking windows and, you know, doing, right. having a riot. And so he ends up coming out of his storefront after trying to call the police and, and all of that um, and gets in an altercation outside of his storefront because his dad, one of the guys was like pushing his dad and things. It's all on video cam- videotape, right? you know, everybody mm-hmm. records. And right. so he gets jumped by this guy who's on his back, choke holding him and they fall to the ground and Jacob Gardner can end, end up taking out a gun that he had. Um, and he's a, he's a veteran. Right. Um, and he ends up taking out a gun and he ends up killing the guy choking him. And it's all on camera. It goes, he gets arrested or whatever. And it goes and they look at it and go, Oh, it's obvious self-defense. Like this right. wasn't, you know, it's very obvious. 
And but because of the public outrage, right here we go. Um, they said, well, we're going to actually um, convene a grand jury and take this to trial. And even so, though it's obvious self-defense, even though that was their initial, they don't their, want riots. They don't want that. So we're going to take it to a grand jury instead. Exactly. It, an initial thought was that this looked very much like self-defense. So Jacob Gardner tried to tell his story. He tried to go on social media. He got shut down. He tried to have GoFundMe. He got shut down. Same thing, like just trying to tell, like, this is my side of the story. And he wasn't allowed a voice. Well, about less than a month after um, Kyle Rittenhouse came on our site, we saw a campaign for this guy named Jake Gardner. And we looked him up and said, oh, look what happened to him. Now the news cycle moves fast. So he wasn't in the news cycle anymore, even though they were convening a grand jury against him. It wasn't like the big news of the day. Kyle and everything else had taken precedence. But he had written this campaign just going, this is like my last effort. Please help me. Um, here's my phone number if you want to call me. Like you could just feel that he was desperation. Desperate. Yeah, desperate. And he was out in California and he was supposed to be brought back to um to this grand jury. And we wake up one morning and he's committed suicide. Yeah. And heartbreaking. And Jacob and I looked at each other after all we had just been through with Kyle and having to stand up against the the mobs there. And we said, yeah. we will never be a part of being the mob that deems somebody not worthy to tell their story, to get somebody like social media, GoFundMe, PayPal. They, they pick sides. They, they pick winners and looters. They They they, killed this guy. They did. did. Death by deplatforming. That's what this was. And we said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to put our own personal agenda in here and tell someone they're not worth telling their story. I think that that right there speaks volumes. And I think that that's what the American people are are tired of is this continual divide that everything has to be a hill that you're willing to die on or destroy someone's career or livelihood on or their reputation. Um, what, What do you see the future being with this industry? Do you see that the government at some point is going to have to come in and do some type of regulation on it? Are you for that? Are you against that? You know, the government fears what they can't control. And so absolutely the government's going to come in and we've, we're seeing it. We saw it with Canada. It's the writing on the wall. Um, they don't want people to be able to funnel money. And so, that you know, what they do right now is they just call you a terrorist group. Right. And you don't even have to be a terrorist group. You know, you just have to be called one and put on some somebody's website and then and, all of a sudden- and, and I think it's important to remember that Gibson go was set up initially to fund uh, people in the church community, the Christian community within inside religion to be able to give them an option. Um, and now you guys have been deemed as a potential terrorist funding group. I mean, it, it, it has to rub you the wrong way. It does. But then again, I go back to those phone calls we're making and I go back to the millions of people and or millions of dollars that have come through people that say, no, we're going to make a difference with our dollars. It matters. We're going to step into people's hard circumstances. Most of the time, it's personal needs. Like like I said, the house fire, the car accident, the medical bills, the cancer diagnosis. Those are the 99% of things, adoptions, things that are being funded yeah. on on gifts and go, you hear about the big ones because they're the big ones. Um, but people are using gifts and go to do good in the world. And we're going to continue to offer that. Now we have people trying to take advantage, right? So they um, like the church of Satan came on to try to make a campaign. 
you know, people trying to like say, ooh, what will they allow? And right. we really say pretty much anything. Now, we don't allow murder, and we believe um, that abortion is murder. So we don't allow um, abortion on gifts and go. Um, right. But you can go to GoFundMe. Like, j- there's right. really not an issue there. And then um, we also don't believe in, we won't let you raise money for child abuse. And we, we believe that transitioning your child to a different gender under age is yep. child abuse. Um, now, if they're over 18 and of the legal age and they want to use Gibbs and Go, yes, come on on. We're going to pray with you and we're going to let you know that you are, you don't have an identity crisis. You know, right. like you are right. created just how you are supposed to be created. And so, but but for kids, we're not going to allow you to fundraise for your and it's, it's all common sense, Heather. That, that that's what you know. Common sense is common sense, and and and, and there's <laughs> it's more and more lacking today than at any other time, and I, I believe in our history. And uh, when you talk to everyday people and you get to know them, and you say, "Well, this, this is what I believe," um, and they go, "Well, this is what I believe," most people can get along and move on about their day. There's a group of people, both the left and the right, that want to attack anything that doesn't align with their ideology or their belief structure um, as, as evil or as unnecessary. And they need to shut it down and silence it. The problem with that is for me is that that's no different than the bully mentality that we had in fourth and fifth and sixth grades. That's exactly right. It doesn't make sense that we're back to saying we want to cancel each other. You made a mistake when you were in high school and you're now 60 years old. It doesn't matter. We're going to cancel you. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. No one can even make a mistake. But yet, like what you just said, I can walk out of my neighborhood and my neighborhood's full of all different people with all different ideological stances. And I can be friends with them. And we agree on the majority of things. Yep. Again. I, I, I'm with you 100%, Heather. It, it cracks me up when we talk about the things, people want to harp on the things that uh, we don't agree on as opposed to the things that we do. I'll give an example of what happened recently on social media. I put up a, a fact that over 800,000 kids a year disappear in this country. 800,000. And instead of addressing that issue, the person who doesn't like my ideology, instead of saying, you know what, Kramer, I agree with you. We've got to do something about this. Their retort was, well, but 400,000 of them come back home. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's awesome. What about the 400,000 that don't? Can't we agree that that's bad and we should work on that? But that's not what we're getting. What we're getting is, well, I've got to attack you, attack you, attack you to make me look good. And none of the issues ever get addressed. What Gives and Go does is it at least allows people the, the funds to address these issues. So in closing here today, what do you see the future being for what you guys are doing and, um, and the future of our nation? <laughs> That's a big one for you. It is a big one. And, you know, I can tell you that we're going to just continue standing and taking step after step um, to make sure that we're a platform that can't be deplatformed. Um, we're looking for alternative ways to give um, so that people can give through uh, cryptocurrency and, and other other forms of giving. Um, we're looking, you know, we just are keeping our eyes open and saying, okay, where are we supposed to be as we continue to build our name and build our brand and and get the funds needed. Are we supposed to buy a bank and become our own payback to help other people who might be in that deplatforming, not able to... Well, that opens up a number of different opportunities for you too. If you go into the uh, into a bank type situation, that opens you up to lending and all kinds of things that you can't currently do now as a gifting center, correct? Is that what you're looking at that for that reason? 
Uh, yeah, more just to be able to be our own um, processor, processor right. without having to worry about, because there's some great processors out there, but they're built on the back of a bank that right. says, no, you can't do this and you can't right. do that. And so we really need to find either find a very um, friendly, freedom friendly bank or or buy one and, and become our own payment processor. So we're looking at things like that. Um, where we just started a Gifts and Go Charities branch, which we're hoping is really going to take off. We're seeing it start to gain some momentum where um, the charity branch, when there's like a national news story, can start a campaign. People can give to it and be know that the money is not going to be like nine and goes to running the... Well, let me give you an example. Let me, let me, let me ask you, are, are you guys doing anything with what Jack going on in Jackson, Mississippi? And if not, would that be in a situation where your charity would be involved with this, the water issue they're, they're having? Yes, yeah, so we, we have a campaign and that is um, what the charity does. So, and they've then take any money that's given. And so they create the campaign. It's tax, a tax write-off for people because it is a nonprofit. And right. then they take the money that's raised and they have a send network that they're building that they can go down and find people on the ground in that area and say, you're already on the ground. You already know the needs. Right. You are part of this community. We're going to give you the money and we'll come down and even help, right. but we're going to trust you to help us figure out where this money can best be served. Instead of just coming in blindly and going, right. we're going to bring the money. Um, we're right. going to, Pair yeah, here's a thousand pair of underwear and socks. Where do they go? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> crazy. And so that's really exciting as well. And we're just open to anything. There's lots of opportunities, but we don't want to just get spread so thin doing too many things. Right. So we want to do things well. And right. so we're just continuing to walk it out saying, okay, let's do this well and see what comes next. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Today, our guest has been Heather Wilson of Give, Send, Go, uh, the replacement for GoFundMe. If you're interested, you can go to their website, givesendgo.com, correct? Have I got that right? Absolutely, yeah. Givesendgo.com. Uh, get more interested and involved with what she's doing. Heather, again, thanks for, for dropping in today. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 2nd. We will be back on Tuesday, September 6th. Sorry, we will be back tomorrow or as soon as we can. Thanks so much for joining us. Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSez.com.